Hey, I'm Michael Wood, lead pastor at First West. Thank you so much for joining us today. Here in just a second, we're gonna dive into God's word and to see what it says about who he is, about who we are, and about the hope that can be found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that today God's word will encourage you, it'll challenge you, and it'll allow you to see that no matter where we find ourselves, there's always hope because of Jesus Christ. So let's dig in and see what God has for us today in his word. So I do want to invite you to take your Bible and go with me to the book of Daniel today. And as you turn there, uh, if you were with us last week, you know that uh, Mark or Mark or Evan uh, shared with you uh, the opening to this new series we're in called Pursue. Uh, We said at the beginning of the year, that is our word for the year as a church, that we want to be people who are taking our next step in faith and also helping people to take theirs, to take their next step. And last week, we talked about the importance of recognizing what those steps are. And the way that we've tried to do that here is by uh, referring to these marks of the maturing believer. Uh, The guy shared about how uh, when you take a a young child to the pediatrician, there are certain markers they're looking for to determine the child's health. And so uh, we have these markers as a church as a way just to help us as Christ followers to say, hey, how are we doing in these areas. And I love the illustration that Mark Finn shared when he talked about in in Alice in Wonderland, the Cheshire cat. And Alice says to the cat, hey, which way should I go? And he says, well, where do you want to go? And she says, I don't know. And he says, well, why does it matter where you go if you don't know that you're uh, where you're going? And so today, as we jump into really the heart of this series, We're beginning to look at what these steps are and what these markers are. So as you evaluate your relationship with the Lord, not only where it's at, but where you want it to be, these markers will help you know that, hey, this is an area that I do need to be taking steps. And today we're beginning with what is the most foundational. And that comes to our daily pursuit of Jesus. We we simply say to pursue Christ daily. And for our message today, we're going to use the word devotion. We want to consider what does our devotion look like to the Lord in our personal life on a daily rhythm. When we think about that word devotion, you can think of all kinds of things in life that we can be devoted to. We can be devoted to people. You can be devoted to a spouse or to a boyfriend or girlfriend or to your crush. Or right There's there's a devotion you have to people. There's also a devotion to places. Some of you, you have your, your favorite vacation place that year after year after year, although you may have all kinds of places that you could go, you know you're always going back to that one place because of the memories that have been made there or the opportunities, the adventure that awaits when you go back to that place. Sometimes we're devoted to things. Maybe for some of us it was baseball cards or a certain type of jewelry or a certain type of clothing, right? There's things that we're committed to. So we can think of what the objects are, but what does that mean to be devoted to them? I think a good definition helps us recognize that could be either our love, it can be our loyalty, or really our enthusiasm towards those things. But what about our faith in Christ? And as we dig into the book of of Daniel today, we're going to observe Daniel's life, and we're going to see, I think, four observations from Daniel's life where I think he exhibits really strong devotion to the Lord. Our takeaway today as we dig into God's Word is, is simply this, that faith in Christ is expressed in daily devotion to him. Faith in Christ is expressed in that daily devotion to him. And so as we do a big picture here from the book of Daniel, we're going to see from chapter one all the way to chapter six, again, these four moments in Daniel's life where devotion is expressed. And, and I think today it's going to tell us not just something about what devotion to Jesus is, 
I think it's going to help you know how you can take that next step in this area of your life. And as you're taking that next step, it allows you to consider how you can help others take it as well. So let's give a little background here to what's happening in the book of Daniel. Uh, we recognize that Daniel was a Jew. He's a part of God's family and was living there in Israel. And God had told the people of Israel that judgment was coming because they were not obeying the Lord. They were choosing to live life their way and they weren't devoted to him. And so in 605 BC, we see the first of three invasions by the Babylonians. And today we pick up right after that first invasion in 605, where uh, the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, great name, right? He's going to bring some of the nobles of Israel back to Babylon. And Daniel's going to be a part of that. And as they come back, there's going to be a group of them that King Nebuchadnezzar is going to put almost in a intensive or a school. And he's going to place them there to invest in them over three years, desiring to teach them in wisdom and in understanding, but also in the Babylonian culture. Uh, this was very prominent in that day as a country would invade someone. They weren't just concerned with overtaking your land. They wanted to overtake your identity. And so this is part of that strategy is to take those of, of noble means in Israel to bring them to Babylon and to, um, and, and to influence them in Babylonian ways so that now the Babylonian way becomes uh, bigger than the, than the Hebrew way, right? And so today we pick up in Daniel chapter 1 and we find that as a part of this intensive or this schooling that Daniel and these three other boys are going to go through, that there is going to be a distinction laid down for how they are to eat in the school. And the first thing that we're going to see in Daniel's life, and as we consider what devotion is, number one is this, is that devotion begins with faithfulness in the simple areas of life. Devotion begins in the simple faithfulness in the simple areas of life. And that's where we start here in Daniel 1. Because what we find is that, again, the king has said, Listen, this is what I want. He said to his chief eunuch, this is what I want. I want you to teach them these things, but I also want you to allow them to eat the king's food. And, and as a part of that, it was allowing them to taste not just what Babylonian food was like, but the best of Babylonian food. It would allow them to have a, a high appreciation uh, for Babylonian food. Again, infusing that culture into them. And in that place, we find that Daniel is going to put his foot down. In fact, we see that in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. We see the response that he's going to give to this edict that's been given by King Nebuchadnezzar. And it says in Daniel 1, 8, it says, Daniel determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine he drank. So he asked permission from the chief eunuch not to defile himself. Now here's the reality. <clears throat> there is no one in history that has changed the world based on their diet, Right? I mean, our diet is important. It, it is a huge factor in our nutrition, our health, and our energy, right? It's a factor in my happiness. I know that to be true, right? But, but listen, we don't change the world by our diet. But in this moment, this is a simple thing, but it's an important thing in Daniel's life. And, and here he is going to put down, he is going to resolve within himself that in this moment, in the pressure of the king to say no, he's going to say no, he chooses in this moment to have devotion, a love, a loyalty, or an enthusiasm to the Lord and to who he is to be before God more than what the king is attempting to do. You and I recognize that we live in a culture that is constantly trying to, to pull us away from the identity that we have in Christ. 
It's not just with a meal that we may eat. It's the pressure that we face in this world. The, the power of the prince of the air, Satan, and his dominion in this world. The desire there to, to, uh, to pull us away from that Christian identity. And what matters in those moments is our faithfulness in the small things. Are we being faithful day to day, recognizing that that daily faithfulness, that devotion to the Lord, that small investment over time, has a big outcome. In 1994, there was a guy named Josh Clark. He had experienced a breakup in his life of the woman that he loved. And in that moment, it caused him to react. Now, for many of us that have walked through moments in our life where we've experienced a breakup of a girlfriend or boyfriend, that reaction can go negative or it can go positive. And for Josh Clark, it went positive. He decided that he wanted to take up running. He wasn't a runner, but he decided he was going to run. And so he begins to run, and uh, the first couple of weeks were miserable for him. But eventually, what he realized is he loved it. He really enjoyed it. Well, not long after that, his mom came to him and said, Hey, I really think I need to take up fitness and take a better handle on what I'm doing with my health. And so Josh, in a desire to, uh, to help his mom and also speaking to the enthusiasm that he had for running in his life, he came up with a nine-week plan that helped her move from no activity to being able to run a 5K. And in fact, he would develop a, a website for this and it would become an app. And some of you have heard of it. Some of you have done it. He titled it Couch to 5K. And what his goal was, was not for you day one to run a 5K, but it was to make small investments over time, over a nine-week period, to where eventually you were doing just that. You were doing what nine weeks earlier you may have thought was impossible, but it was that small investment of time. Uh, over a long period that made a difference. And so devotion, it is simply faithfulness in the small things. The fruit in our lives, it comes because of a rhythm of a watering schedule of time in God's word, time in prayer, time in, in meditation before him. And it is that daily devotion to him over time, the faithfulness to him that makes an impact in the long run. If you want to see your relationship with the Lord go to a place you never thought it could be, Start in a daily rhythm of spending time with him. The second thing I want us to see in Daniel's life and what it means for devotion for us is that devotion involves trusting God really over trusting ourselves. What I've found to be true in my life is that oftentimes I want to bank on my own ability and my own understanding. Even as a pastor at times, I have to, to remind myself that this is the Lord's church and he is the one of all wisdom and truth and not me. And I have to rely on him for his leadership in my life and for our church. And it's true for all of us, whether it's in our business or in our families or in major decisions that we have to make. But when there is a rhythm of love, loyalty, and enthusiasm to the Lord, what that's doing is it's not only reminding me that I'm to trust him over myself, it's growing that trust in him. And we see this in Daniel's life in, in, in this unique moment. You see, the Bible tells us that, that Daniel had an incredible gift that God had given him as he was growing in wisdom and understanding, but also to be able to interpret dreams. And there was a moment for King Nebuchadnezzar where he has this dream, and he asked the mediums and the magicians, the people of wisdom of Babylon, to come and not only interpret his dream, but to tell him what is the dream. What is the dream? And, and they come and say, listen, this is impossible. Nobody can do this. He says, well, here's the reality. Uh, if you don't do this, I'm going to tear you limb from limb, and I'm going to turn your house into a garbage dump. Uh, if you do do it, there's going to be incredible blessings for you. 
And of course, the guys, they say, listen, it doesn't matter what you offer. This is, this is impossible. It cannot be done. And sure enough, King Nebuchadnezzar, true to his word, in his anger, he, he does just as he said. And it says that then they begin to seek out the others, which included Daniel and these three other guys. And so Daniel gets word that the king wants not only this dream to be interpreted, but he wants to know what the dream is for someone to tell him. And we see that Daniel in this moment had incredible opportunity to trust in himself. In fact, in Daniel chapter 1, verse 20, look at it with me about the ability that Daniel and these three other young men had. It said, in every matter of wisdom and understanding that the king consulted them about, he's talking about Daniel and these three guys, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and mediums in the entire kingdom. That's saying something significant in it. Not just that Daniel was his favorite, not just that Daniel was good. He was 10 times better than all of them. And here is a moment, a life and death moment for Daniel. It was a moment that he could have trusted in being that 10 times better. Not just that he was good, but that he was really, really good. And I want you to see the devotion that he has to God and how we see this revelation of Daniel not trusting in himself, but trusting in the Lord. Look at how he responds here. He tells us in chapter 2, verse 6, it says, Daniel went and asked the king to give him some time so that he could give the king an interpretation. Then Daniel, this is verse 17, then Daniel went to his house and told his friends, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah about this matter, urging them, look at what it says, to ask the God of heavens for mercy concerning this mystery. So Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of Babylon's wise men. Ten times better than everyone else. And in this moment, what does he do? He takes a moment, gathers his friends, and says, let's go to the Lord. And let's ask for God's wisdom, God's understanding. It's a picture there of where his trust was placed. And it was placed in the Lord. When there is a daily rhythm of devotion in my life, when I'm pursuing Christ daily, it's, as I said, a daily reminder of where my trust really is, but it's also growing my trust because I'm learning more and more about his character and his heart for me. And it does something in us, something significant. And so I want to remind you in the moments that we're going to have in life that we're going to face, it's important that we be reminded that our trust always must be in the Lord. Why? Because he and he alone knows all. He and he alone is trustworthy, even over ourselves. Devotion is learning to not trust ourselves, but to trust in the one who knows all and loves us and that he can guide us along the still streams. Let's look at the third thing here that we find in Daniel. And that's that devotion prepares you for big moments and then it carries you through. It's interesting that in this journey, um, God is significantly working in Daniel, even as moments are changing significantly. And we come to Daniel chapter 6, where we find that uh, jealousy is a powerful thing. We know that to be true in our lives. And what we find is that Daniel has miraculously interpreted this dream, and then we're, we're going to find that there's a new king in place now. And, and finally, we're going to find King Darius, who of is of the Medes, and he's going to, uh, they're going to conquer the Babylonians, and Daniel is going to find favor with King Darius. So much so that King Darius is going to put Daniel in charge of everything. And in that decision, 
jealousy creeps in the door. The jealousy from the colleagues of Daniel and even those that would report to him what was called the satraps. And their desire was to bring Daniel down because of their jealousy and because of the power that Daniel had. And what they had determined, this is significant, and it tells you something about Daniel's devotion. It says that they could find nothing in Daniel's life to, to bring to the king to accuse him of. It says, so they decided they had to use his relationship with God against him. Many of you may remember this, uh, this story, but, but they go to the king and they say, King Darius, listen, you and you alone should be worshipped. Nobody should bow down to any other God or any other thing. And so sign an edict, a law that for the next 30 days, no one can bow down to anyone but you. There was an exact reason they were doing this because they knew Daniel to be a man of devotion. Sure enough, the king signs the edict and it tells us how Daniel responds. It says here in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, it says that when Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in its upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem and three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed and gave thanks to his God just as he had done before. Another life or death moment for Daniel. And what does he do? Just as he's always done. It's the daily rhythm of his life that three times a day he would go before the Lord in devotion to God, his love, his loyalty, and his enthusiasm to his God. You see, our devotion, it prepares us for these moments in life. That daily devotion had prepared Daniel for this moment. That when that moment came, again, just like in the previous moment, he's doing what he knows to do, and that is to go before his Lord. And I think it's significant because the, 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 the punishment here that he's going to give, that Darius is going to give, this edict that's been signed, is that a failure to do this is going to be a night with alliance. Not exactly a good... Uh, a good review on travel advisory, if you will, all right? You're going to have to spend a night in the lion's den. And what we find is that from the moment that it tells us Daniel's response, that he is going to go back home, open the windows, bow down before God in devotion to him, we don't hear of another word that Daniel is going to say until God miraculously delivers him on the back end. Why is that significant? Because there was nothing to say. All that needed to be said, Daniel had been living. He had been trusting God day after day after day after day. He was prepared for the moment when he came. But not only that, it was carrying him through that moment of trusting that just as I've been devoted to God, God is devoted to me and I can trust him that even going into this lion's den, he is going to carry me through. Listen, when the hard moments of life come, it's a sweet place to be able to look back and to see the intimacy that you have with God because of that daily devotion, that daily rhythm in your life. And it doesn't have to be a moment that you cram for the test because you need God to show up. Can I tell you today? Can I offer you a gift today? The reality is in life, we're either coming out of a hard season, we're in a hard season, or a hard season is coming. And there is not a better gift that you can give to yourself than to be taking that next step in your devotion to God, knowing that when that moment comes, it will prepare you for that moment, and you can trust that that devotion to God and His faithfulness to you is going to carry you through. It makes a difference not only in your life, but I want you to see this. It makes a difference in others' lives. This is the fourth observation that we see here in Daniel. 
And it's this, is that devotion is contagious to those that are watching your life. You know, our culture is ever-changing. And people more and more, I believe, are going to see a distinction of those who are truly following after Jesus as, the personal, as their personal Lord and Savior that are walking this life of devotion to Him. And those that are living in that way will stand out more and more. We see the response here is, as I said, God is faithful and He delivers Daniel from the lion's den. And I want you to see how the king responds when he sees how God has worked in his devoted and God's devoted servant. Look at me here in chapter 6, verse 16. It says, So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel, and they threw him into the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you continually serve, rescue you. Now don't miss that. There was a recognition from King Darius of this devotion in Daniel's life. This God whom you continually serve. In fact, in verse 20, when he pulls him out, he's going to say that this God whom you continually serve, he rescued you. He did just that. Look at me in verse 22. He says, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth and they haven't harmed me for I was found innocent before him and also before you, your majesty. I have not done harm. It was a moment of victory. It was a moment of the impact of devotion to God and God's devotion, right? That he had protected him. He had taken care of Daniel. And in this moment, the response of the king is significant in chapter 6 because it tells us that the king in this moment, he writes out this letter to all the kingdoms, to all the provinces, and he says, listen, this God is the God. He is the king and his kingdom will endure forever. As he saw the devotion of Daniel, right, that he continually served God, as he saw the significant work of, of God's grace and his faithfulness to Daniel in this moment, even though there was a moment where, the king, where king Darius was enthralled with Daniel, he became enthralled with his God. When you walk in devotion with God in a daily rhythm of your life, people know it. They see it. One of the things that I am convinced of is that in the future, one of the strongest witnessing tools that we're going to have is how you and I as followers in Christ, how we remain devoted to him in the face of an ever-increasing pressure from our culture. And our culture will take notice because the truth is our world is devoted to a lot of things, a lot of love, a lot of loyalty, a lot of enthusiasm the things that are empty, the things that will lead to shame and guilt and disappointment. But when they see your life, the day after day, that rhythm and the fruit that is growing because of the watering schedule in your life, what they'll see is that there is something to be had there. I don't want you to miss the opportunity of what it means for you to have that daily devotion and rhythm in your life and the impact that it can have on others. Some of us in here, there's a devotion in our life that we never thought we would get to, but we're there. And it's called our daily medicine routine. Are you with me? You know, some of you, you have the pill box. It has the, uh, all the letters on it. You open it up. Some of you, you just grab them out of the pill box. But there's that daily devotion to those pills. And the reason that you're devoted to those pills is because, you know, a failure to do so will bring about consequences, won't it? It may not bring a consequence tomorrow. But over time, it'll bring it. 
right? For some, maybe it's a, your cholesterol will go back up. For some of you, you're on a blood thinner, right, to help you, and, and it'll have an impact. For some of you, it may be acne on your face or something else in your life, and, and you know that a failure to be devoted will bring about consequences. Is that true in our walk with the Christ? Sure, but today I don't want you to focus on the consequences. I want you to focus on the opportunity. Because for some of us, there's another type of devotion in our life, and that's to our favorite television show, right? Or maybe our favorite show on Netflix or uh, Amazon Prime or whatever it is. For some of you who have kids, every night you get them in bed, and as soon as you get them in bed, it's right in front of the TV to catch the next episode or the next five episodes, right? You, you have a devotion that is there, and it is not driven by consequence. It's a devotion that is driven by joy. My hope for you today is, is we have looked at Daniel's life and we've seen these, these moments in his life where devotion was expressed and some things that we're able to take away from devotion in our life. That it would be a devotion of joy in our life. That the God of the universe invites us into a one-on-one intimacy with him. That we can know him and that, 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 that we see that he knows us and, and it allows us to take that next step in maturity in Christ's likeness. For some of us today, we've never exhibited this type of devotion because there's never been a desire to. Today, I hope that you would know that the God that rescued Daniel out of a lion's den is a God that can rescue you out of your mess. And today that you can trust, not in his ability to keep uh, the lion's jaws closed, but you can trust in Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection that he went to pay the punishment for all those moments we haven't been devoted. And today you can put your trust in him. Today, I hope that you're ready to take a next step and you're pursuing Christ daily, growing in your devotion and your love, your loyalty, and your enthusiasm to him. Let's pray together. Father, today, we're grateful that even when we're faithless, you are faithful. And it is amazing to think that the God who spoke all things into being, who holds the stars in the palm of his hand, who the earth is his footstool, that you invite us in into an intimate relationship with you. And so, Lord, today, I pray that as we have a desire to grow, to be pursuing you, Lord, that we would understand the importance of that daily devotion and rhythm to you. Time in your word, time in prayer, time in meditation, and listening, time in worship before you, knowing that in doing so, it will produce fruit in our lives. God, would it be from a place not of obligation and a desire to avoid consequence, but it truly come from a place of joy, the desire to meet with our maker, to savor time with our Savior. God, would you help us to pursue you as we grow in our devotion? In Christ's name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We hope, again, that you were uh, encouraged by what God had to say for you and for your life. I just want to extend an invitation for you today. Maybe today you realize that you need Jesus in your life. Maybe today you just need to take that next step in your spiritual walk, or maybe you've got a spiritual need. And I want you to know that we would love to come alongside you and serve you any way that we can. Feel free to reach out to us at firstwest.cc, or you can call the church, 318 322 5104. And we would love to help you in what God is doing in your life. Have a great day.